Welcome to the Three and Out podcast, where we talk about West Texas football. Gary Gray alongside Dustin Pierce and David McReynolds. We're going to do the normal. We're going to talk about Midland High, Midland Lee, and then we're going to move to some local schools, Greenwood, Trinity, Midland Christian, UTPB, now that we have a college team out here, the Big 12, Texas A&M, and then our three subjects, and then we'll be out of here. Guys, uh, let's go right into Midland High, Midland Lee. We were both there calling that for our respective teams. What did you think? Lee's much improved. Uh, it's kind of a tell of two seasons in the sense that uh, second year, the Hartman era, and you can see that this offense is really not just firing on all cylinders. They're more balanced. They can pass well, but they can run well. Colby Standard ran for over 170 yards, added a third running back threat to what was already a potent run game. Uh, still a little bit of holes in the secondary from my vantage point. I would love to see them get out of their base 3-4 and drop some safeties back and mix up some coverages. Maybe that's coming against better teams. Uh, but overall, Midland High showed some flashes, and I know you and David will speak to that. I mean, Sapien had kind of his best game of the year, but not enough in the end is Midland High or Midland Lee won 49-14. Yeah, for the first time, Midland High is over 50% passing, barely, but they were over and had their best offensive output of the season, 481 total yards, a pretty balanced attack, but only got 14 points out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw long drives. What I think like there was a a ninety ninety something yard drive that ended with no points. Right, and that happened numerous times. Where it may not have been a drive of that long, but long drives where they just were not able to do anything. Especially the drive right off the bat of the game where they had the fake field goal, continued down the field, and then ended up getting stopped and having to kick a field goal or fake punt. And then the fake field goal that resulted in. No points as a drop mm-hmm. in the end zone. Executed flawlessly until oh. the uh, reception that didn't the most take beautiful place. Play. But, uh, yeah, Midland Highs, we, we thought the defensive line and the linebacking core was sort of the strength. And, and it's, a, it's probably a little unfair to judge that because of the talent on the Lee side mm-hmm. running the ball. But mm-hmm. Lee came out just sort of challenging them, hey, we're going to run until you stop us. But – the weird thing, as Dustin pointed out when we were talking earlier, is here Lee comes out empty backfield, five receivers, and everybody was going, "What in the world?" You've got the two, you got two running backs that are gonna, yeah, most likely one of them's gonna be over a thousand yards this week. That's right, this game, and the, the other one will probably hit a thousand yards this year. You're gonna have two running backs over a thousand, and they're not touching the ball. When I think that that's just kind of typical, Coach Hartman and Coach Maldonado, because in the end, you kind of get people on their hills from the onset going, "What are they doing?" We were expecting, you know, two back come at you, and then all of a sudden they're throwing the football, and then Colby's executing the zone read in ways we haven't seen him do this year. And so I think that just shows you you got a good team. The, the key for Lee right now is depth. They've got a lot of guys who can step in. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, big game coming up this yeah, week. Yeah, Amarillo Tascosa, also undefeated on the season and in district play, comes to town. So big game here. It'll be the Dustin, first test. That's right. Dustin's going to broadcast that. The uh, broadcast starts at 7 with the pregame. Game's at 7.30 on KFZX. That's uh, 102.1 FM or download their app and listen to that. Meanwhile, David and I go to the battle of the uh, the winless <laughs> teams as we follow the Bulldogs up to Friendship. And we're going to broadcast uh, from there. That's going to be on KCRS. Again, we'll start at 7. So uh, listen in. You're going to have it's, – it's two contrasting games, and Midland High is going to have to win this to have any hopes to maybe grab that fourth playoff spot. Yeah, the competitive part of this game is going to be 
who comes away finally in the win column. That's right. And uh, that's a lot of motivation. So also locally, let's talk about Greenwood for a minute. They had a 7-0 lead against um, Fort Stockton. That's right, Fort Stockton at the half. They only ran 18 offensive plays the entire first half, but then turned it around the second half, scored 31 points, and rolled to a 38 to nothing win in their district opener. Ryan Snodgrass, the running back, had 155 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Jake Summers had 157 yards passing as the quarterback, 96 yards rushing himself, and accounted for three TDs. They go to Seminole next this coming Friday for a battle of district unbeaten teams. Seminole coming off of a 30-13 victory at Monahans. Also locally, Midland Christian beat Alvin Shadow Creek uh, 36-24. Midland Christian quarterback Peyton Powell had 455 total yards, four touchdowns to pace wow. the Mustangs. Yeah, and so they get a... Break this week, week off, and then they're going to face Grapevine Faith, the defending TAPS Division II state champ in two weeks. That's right. And hand it to Midland Christian. So they, they're going to play the defending state champs. Their first game, they beat two 6A schools in Eastwood and America's out of El Paso. They beat number seven in the state, Brock, mm-hmm. in 3A. And then they played the number one private school in the state of Texas, Fort Worth All Saints. So Midland Christian is doing really well to start out 4-1. and one. Also, Locally, Fort Worth Calvary beat uh, Trinity 18-12. to They scored 12 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat Trinity in their TAPS uh, district opener. Trinity falls to 0-3 on the season, 0-1 in district. Let's talk, uh, you know, we have a college team out here now. So, Dustin, tell us about UTPB. Yeah, UTPB played a great game against Tarleton State. Tarleton State, uh, as many know, is... I wouldn't call them a power per se, but they're always kind of a stronghold in Division II, especially in the Lone Star Conference. And uh, check out some of these stats that I think were pretty impressive. The defense uh, in the first half held Tarleton State to 38 yards of offense in the first 30 minutes, which honestly is, is a big deal for a defense that's kind of been picked apart this season. And they outgained Tarleton State 528 yards to 282. Um, So the pieces are there. I think those are great bright spots. Tarleton showed the fact that I believe that they've been a program a little bit longer by just kind of grinding it out, getting it done, likely more depth. But uh, former Midland High running back Brandon Infiesto, 128 yards on 29 carries. So nice showing by him. Uh, quarterback Mathis threw for 244 yards. So UTPB uh, only won one game so far on the year, but they're playing better against conference opponents. They're going to travel to Portales, New Mexico this week, take on Eastern. All right, exciting to hear that they're doing well. Remember, they're going to also have a game in Midland later this season. We'll talk about that. All right, let's move along to the Big 12. David, do you have the Big 12 schedule this week? I know a couple of Oklahoma State's off, and I think Baylor's off. You should probably know the number one game, though, right? You know Alabama. Well, that's going to be Bama traveling to see my uh, – the, the college that I spent the most I was about to say, say. About well, say your bank is he's, he's uh they, they travel to college station <laughs> that's right Alabama comes to A&M I'm sure A&M would love nothing more obviously than to upset Alabama on their home turf yeah it's just you know last week I mentioned it was sort of the someone survival tour and 
Steve Bowerman said it's more like the uh, the the Walking, walking dead. dead tour for someone. Uh, I, I just you know, sorry kids, but uh, I don't think they have a shot. This no, I, I don't think anyone has a shot against Alabama. It's no. not just A and M. I don't. I don't. I honestly. I'm not sure that anyone, not even Clemson, can play with them. I think you're right. What are the other games in the Big 12? Texas plays. Uh... There's only two games in the Big 12 this week. Um, Texas and Kansas State yeah. mm-hmm. and Texas Tech and Kansas. So it's the Texas-Kansas exchange this week. You know, and the Longhorns are favored, I think, by they four. Are. It's a home game, but I, I just their offense just looks bad. Yeah, but it's interesting to me, too, because, you know, you bring back in Bouchelle, and he does some things better than Ellinger, namely doesn't throw interceptions or fumble. (laughs) But he he doesn't run as well. He doesn't – honestly, Bouchelle hasn't looked – He's. I think he's looked a little off ever since the Notre Dame game of last year. Yeah, the first he's, game. <laughs> he started the college season looked phenomenal, and it's almost like I don't know that he's quite ready yet. Like he's got the 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 tools, and he's got the athleticism, and he's got the um, the smarts. I I don't know. I just the offense looks different with him. And to win, the defense has been playing great. Offense is going to have to. Figure it out. I'm just. I think my prayer more than anything is, and prayer obviously that's a strong <laughs> okay, term for football. Okay. Come on, I can relate. Well, I'm just like I want. The, I want to see this defense continue to play the way they're playing because I, I still have in my mind the the visions of the defense that took the field against Maryland mm-hmm. and got absolutely carved up. Although, hey, Maryland's three and one. That's true. Maryland beat an undefeated Minnesota team with a brand new coach. Just throwing that out there. But so, uh, Texas is a favorite. You know, if you look on some of the matchup predictors, you let the fans chime in across the nation. Sixty-three percent of the fans, sixty-three uh, percent of the people think Texas is going to beat Kansas State. And I'll fess up in our uh, work-related pool. I did pick K State. So really, just going with my head, not my heart. Wow. I'll still be pulling for my words. There is one other Big Twelve. Matchup, which is TCU West Virginia. West Virginia comes to Fort Worth. Yeah, a battle of ranked teams yes. there. So that's going to be probably the big game. Um, the Horn Frogs. I think they have, they're on a roll. Patterson's done a great job. They always do well coming off of losing seasons. Uh, talk about Texas Tech, though. You know, another heartbreaker yeah. uh, to Oklahoma State, uh, who everybody thought was just going to run the table until they played OU. I'm not so sure now, but. Tech, tech is uh is are they hosting Kansas or are they going up no, there? They're they're, they're, up to they're in Lawrence. Okay, I I don't see any way Kansas wins that game. No way. Yeah, the thing about Tech is, their the defense is coming around. They're actually putting a defense on the field. I mean to hold Oklahoma State to forty one. Forty one. I mean that's yeah. really for and, tech. and then holding <laughs> Houston the week before. Yeah. So I think Tech can win some games with a C-rated defense because they're going to score points. So. And they were D-rated, I think, before, so they're up a great that's, level. Oh, that's, no, they've improved. That's good. They're, yeah, their defense is improved. passing now with a 2.0. Yeah. So. And you know what it helps for Tech when you have a, a quarterback who's a five-year player. Correct. So he's set under some really good guys. He's watched. They talk about Shimanek yeah. being super patient, waiting his turn. Obviously, there's other guys in the Tech program who didn't do that. One wears number six for OU now. So I think Shimanek is a guy no, who – Well, I just think – I think Shimanek leads well, and I think you see that reflected. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move into the three and out segment. I'll tell you what, I'll go first. You guys can collect your thoughts. And I, I'm always uh, 
beating up the NFL and and for for obvious reason I don't think it's a, as exciting of a product I think uh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the rich derelicts just doing nothing to contribute to society but I've got to bring up Deshaun Watson it's a bit of old news but we we haven't really done a podcast since this happened so Deshaun Watson former Clemson quarterback he's the rookie quarterback uh, for the Houston Texans donates his first game check to three ladies that are stadium workers that were affected awesome. by Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. Twenty-seven, a little over twenty-seven grand. So they split that three ways. So uh, yeah, with all the crap going on in the world mm-hmm. right now, it, it's so encouraging to see. I agree that a young man can actually do something positive and contribute to society mm-hmm. in a in a in a great way. And so we need to see more people like Deshaun Watson, yeah. Tim Tebow. Dabo Sweeney, those guys that are that are in the sport that that do good, and so that's all I've got to say. So kudos to Deshaun Watson, go Texans! I think it'd be interesting to see. It's it's just an interesting, interesting observation. What's the position of each of the players? You know, you got leaders on the team. Quarterbacks should are expected to be leaders and set an example for the team. But to look at the positions of the players that are sitting on during the national anthem, I think there's probably some. Consistency there. Oh, like absolutely. You've got a lot of defensive backs, uh, guys that aren't necessarily could be leaders. You don't see linebackers. I'm, I'm just this is old school football talk, but you don't see a linebacker who's a leader on the defensive side of the ball. Usually, mm-hmm. usually your team captains. Usually the you don't see linebackers that I know of much that are sitting. I see a lot of defensive back, kind of the rock stars of the defense. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I'm I'm. Playing this out as your portion of the three and out here. That's that's an interesting concept. You don't, you really don't see that that much. I mean, Kaepernick, he was the outlier there because he was a quarterback, and I think that's why it garnered so much attention early. Is quarterbacks have a high status in the league, so if a quarterback's going to sit out, mm-hmm. be that who kind of sets the tone, and he as he stood out and jumped out there, that got a lot of attention. But I don't think if uh, like the guy at Kansas City this week. The obscure two guys that the sat hell. during the national anthem at the Kansas City Washington game. Um, I don't know that anybody cares who yeah. they are. Uh, one of them might have been a receiver, and one of them may have been a defensive back. But you know, I just think it's interesting to see kind of what kind of character different kind of players, different positions on the team bring. Which that's kind of just different observation. But as we still talk about college players like that, there is still a Heisman watch that's going on. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, and that's been shaken up a bit the last couple of games where Rudolph was mentioned. Rudolph from Oklahoma State had been mentioned quite a bit in that Heisman watch, and he's dropped down to the almost to the bottom of the top ten of that list. Wow. Um, but really, that's, you know, the last two games have shown that he has chinks in his armor. So what Abs- are you projecting now? What are your top five? So Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. He's yes. Penn State running back. Oh yeah, he's, he's uh, obviously a front runner right now. He's got ten first place votes in the ESPN test poll that kind of goes out. The next, Baker Mayfield's next with only two first place votes. So Interesting. So quite a, quite a gap right now with Saquon Barkley leading that. Baker Mayfield, um, Bruce Love from Stanford is in third with no first-place votes. It, it tapers off quickly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be a race uh, with a lot of leaders. It seems to be a couple of guys at the top of the list and a lot of guys trailing. Where is the Louisville quarterback, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. He's down number six, six, hmm. seven on the list. 
Um, Interesting. And really, he hadn't done much. He hasn't really impressed. And the one game he had against a really tough opponent in Clemson, he laid an egg. So we'll be bringing you more Heisman updates uh, in future podcasts. Dustin. Ultimately, the question uh, we've asked on this podcast is, can our uh, District 2 6A teams, excuse me, get back to power? And we've listed several factors and why that may not be the case. And so now the question becomes, would they thrive better at a different classification? Would it be better if they were 5A schools? And we've talked about communities like Frisco who have made sure that they've built it in such a way that the that once a school is about to become a 6A school, they build another school, they move around, and they've built a strategy in place. And right now we have a question in Midland, should we do the same? Uh, we, we live in a time to where our, our schools are outdated, we need updates, we do need new schools even from an educational standpoint. And you look at it athletically and you go, can it help? Probably so. But then you look at the Texas AP poll and you look at all these schools in 6A and you, you kind of see it's going to be hard for us to ever compete because everyone in the top 10 is from major metropolitan areas. Then you look at Class 5A and nothing's different. Same all the 5A schools are all from major metropolitan areas. So in the end, you'll hear some people in our community say, man, we need to build another high school so we can get back to prominence in athletics. And I'm thinking... That may, that may help, but all you're going to do is just spread the wealth even thinner in our city. But ultimately, I think you need a third high school more for the educational stability to improve resources, to uh, improve the educational value that we need to add to a landscape here that's kind of struggling in the education department. But I think it would be more fair for our athletes if we competed at the, the 5A division. Because you got to think, we're on the bottom level of the 6A uh, schools competing against schools like Allen who have an enrollment of 6,000. 6, yes. yeah. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed it. That's another edition of Three and Out. Dustin Pierce, David McReynolds, I'm Gary Gray. Make sure you listen to us as we broadcast this week, local high school football, Midland Lee. Dustin will have that game. They host Amarillo Tascosa, Battle of the Undefeateds. That's going to be on KFZX. David and I will follow the Bulldogs up to the Lubbock area where we will uh, see how they fare against the Friendship Tigers, another team uh, 0-5 and searching to find their identity. That's all we've got for this week. Three and out. Uh, We'll return next week. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening.